Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Roundtable Podcast. Me and Zach here tonight, we are going to be just kind of doing a review of the NFL draft, picks we like, picks we didn't Ahem. like, just general. Don't, don't you mean Zach and I? Oh, my God. Little grammar, grammar is important, Joseph. Grammar nerd over there. Go shut up. It's just us. We are remote. It's um, it's fucking late. It's like, what? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. But, um, you know. We had, a, we had like a four-hour episode on Thursday, so I think it counts. I think we're allowed a little leeway here. Yeah, it's on the YouTubes if you want to see it. It's still up. We had a we had a grand old time doing the draft. Um, had everyone come through. Had some guests. Had um, had Dello call in. Had Dan call in. Lucian was on the call. Full house at the backup to the backup uh, RTP HQ. It was it was great. It was a fun time. It was a good, yeah, it was a good time. Thanks everybody that tuned in. Everybody that was uh, active in chat in the chat and whatnot. So. Definitely a good time. Definitely look forward to doing some more streams. I think we said maybe like NBA free agency at some point, maybe. Yeah. Stuff like that. We're probably going to try to shoot for like bigger things like NBA draft, NFL draft, free agencies in either sport. Um, stuff like that. I mean, maybe even NHL draft. That's probably a little more far-fetched, but we'll yeah, see I mean, what I'll happens. I'll sit there and talk nonsense. I don't know how much I'll I'll know, but... I mean, I haven't, I haven't studied NHL prospects in fucking years. I'll be talking nonsense, too, honestly. <clears throat> Got to get on the scouting grind. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. Um, so we're gonna be getting into scouting grinds for tonight. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about what kind of picks we liked, um, what we didn't like, and so on and so forth. So Joe, would you like to would you like to start us off here? Yeah, I mean the draft started off with I think is this the way everybody thought it was gonna. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. Like yeah, there was there was zero surprise there. Yeah, I mean everybody knew what that pick was gonna be. I think what's more surprising to me is that the Jaguars spent their second first rounder on Travis Etienne. Like, why would you? Why would you spend money on a running back? Like not it's money, already, but like like legitimate draft capital. draft capital on a running back. It's it's kissing up to Lawrence already, which I get, but like. Man, you had James Robinson already there. Like, I was for the pick. I don't know if you remember, but I was saying they should take ETN here. Um, and I still don't think it's a terrible pick, but, like, man, you I mean, you have a dude who just ran for 1,000 yards out of the backfield last year, and he's an undrafted free agent, like, running back. Like, he's not going to be costing you a lot. Now you put significant money from his contract and draft capital into Travis ETN, a guy who's had some mileage on because he played a lot of Clemson. Um, running backs are usually known to break down before their second contracts really get underway, like, We've seen with Sony Michelle already. Like he's not, he's not even the same player that he was either coming out of college or in his first two years with the Patriots. Um, Todd Gurley had it happen to him. Like Ezekiel Elliott seems to be slowing down. Like running backs don't last very long. They're they're a workhorse, and it's it's tough to keep them going. Like James White is like a third down running back. Um, third down running back stuff like that. They they tend to last longer. But man, they were putting a lot of faith into ETN being a first round pick. Like I I probably would have went somewhere else with it, even though I said I see them taking ETN here. Yeah. Whoop. Someone's talking. Yeah, a little bit of noise pop up there. No big deal. <laughs> I don't think it showed up. You know, it's not even, you know, viewers won't hear it. It's actually not showing up on the recording. That's um, fine. The beauty of this technology we have now. My my thing with ETN was just like, there were so many other players that they could have gotten, right? Like, Bateman went two picks later. I think getting... I personally think getting... Trevor Lawrence, a wide receiver, was more important than getting him his college running back. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think, like, I get it. Yes. But could you have gotten Etienne at the top of the second? Probably. Absolutely. No could one's you, taking Etienne. Could you have gotten him as your, and you traded up to the 13th pick of the second round to get, um, I believe it was Walker Little. So, like, you, you could have gotten him then. Like, you had so much time to get running back like and then they never actually drafted a wide receiver for for him so like yeah they got dj chark and like yeah you have lavisca um you have keelan cole Mar- marvin jones they signed they signed marvin jones but like don't, don't no you one's think- a real star star player there like yeah like dj, DJ chark, chark dj chark is good but dj mm-hmm. chark is has not been super consistent and I get it. They were like actively losing games last year. So you can't really throw much of that on DJ Chark and like what he had to work with quarterback wise. But realistically speaking, like if you want to make your, your offense quarterback friendly, get him some dudes that can get open on the outside. 
I figured they would have won wide receiver there after striking out on Curtis Samuel in free agency. Like, you heard a lot. Um, I mean, besides the fact, the fact you heard a lot of Curtis Samuel for the Patriots, you also heard that the Patriots' biggest competition would be the Jaguars with um, Urban Meyer being there and, his, you know, <clears throat> Samuel's former college coach, um, that whole connection. And so when they struck out him, it was kind of like, okay, you do have some weapons, but it's nothing amazing over there. You're probably going to try to beef that up. And instead, they go ETN. Again, I get it. I like I... I don't think it was really rocket science that when I was saying, like, I think ETN's going here. It's kind of how um, the Bengals did it for Joe Burrow. They got him Jamar Chase. Like, guys you're comfortable with, you want to ease them into the NFL as, as much as possible. But you just, you probably could have spent, I mean, even if you wanted to take ETN, he would have been there at the top of the second. Like, you didn't need to take him. What did they take him? What did ETN go? I'm trying to find it real quick. 25th um, overall. 20th. Like, that's, that's crazy. I don't know. Like, like even the better, the better graphic, uh, where is... Trying to find where Najee Harris went. Did he go in the, he went in the 20, first round, didn't he? 24th? Oh, he was literally right behind him, yeah. Yeah, 24th so, to the Steelers. I'm not sure I, I like approve of any of those picks, but at least Najee Harris is better than Travis Etienne. Like, Najee Harris is probably the best running back in college last year. Um, I don't know. I just, I agree. I thought they would have went wide receiver. I thought they would have went, um, like, maybe anywhere besides running back, seeing as how they have James Robinson back there, but... I mean, they did what they did. Now they're gonna have to live with it. I don't think it'll be like a, a disaster. Like, I think it'll help them actively win games this year. But I don't know. If, I'm not sure if you saw what Urban Meyer said. He's like, yeah, we'll um we'll see what Travis can do for us. You know, we have James and we have they signed someone else in free agency. And he was like, and Travis, we'll see if he can work his way in there. It's like Jesus Christ, your first round running back's not even gonna play. He's he's stuck yeah, on two that's guys. That's stupid. Is like they didn't they didn't need him. It was very much like I would not be shocked if the GM or the owner was just like. We got to do this just for Trevor. Like, get him comfortable. We need to make sure Trevor doesn't bust. We need to make sure that Trevor, you know, hits the ground running and having one of his favorite weapons in college is going to help. Fine. But, like, Amari Rogers is a wide receiver running back hybrid. That probably would have been a bit more helpful. And then, like, I think I think on stream I was clamoring for them to take, like, Elijah Moore. Right? I think I said Elijah Moore. Or I said yeah. – I don't think I said Bateman. I think I was – I think I brought up more Elijah Moore – Maybe Rondale more, like, like at some point. Or maybe I was talking to Lucian later on, like in the second or third round, but being like, you wanted Curtis Samuel, go get a guy that can do those types of plays on offense. Go get that kind of weapon in Elijah Moore or or Rondale Moore or, I mean, Bateman's still fast. Like, get, get him a weapan, get him someone. Get, you, want, you clearly wanted that role in your offense, and unless you think ETN can do that, which, I mean, based off what Urban sounded like, doesn't sound like they think he can do that. So, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here with that? So... To me, that felt like a waste. Agreed. So then I think the next major pick to bring up. With the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. I, I stand by what me and Miles' uh, <laughs> overhyped prospects list. I think if they're, I think the number one quarterback most likely to bust in this draft class out of the top five guys is Trey Lance. I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, I think he's the most to work on. I mean, if you, <clears throat> I didn't see that coming. And if you want to know how much of a surprise that was to some people, you can even listen to the crowd reaction. Like a lot of times they're loud, but like they were like, it was like it was just sh it was shocked screams all over all over the Cleveland like um, the draft. Like it was. After how much you heard Mac Jones was going to be going three, and then it made so much sense. Shanahan wants a smart guy who can execute his rollouts, little bootlegs. Um, while Mac Jones isn't Lamar Jackson back there, he can at least he can at least you know operate a bootleg. Like he can move a little bit. Um, and they wanted somebody who could process the offense fast and, and the whole nine. And so I I picked um, Mac Jones to go there. And then seeing Trey Lance, I was like, dude, what the fuck? That was that was a precursor to a long night of me guessing the wrong picks. Um, and Miles guessing the right ones because he had Trey Lance there. But um, I will say, if, if you didn't watch, Miles started out the draft fifteen for fifteen. It was crazy. I don't. It, it was. <laughs> I won't get too sidetracked to it, but he even lucked into the fucking the Jets pick when they traded to fourteen and never like he's like I'm just gonna stick with Elijah Vera Tucker. And we're all like, oh no, like Lucian, I remember Lucian saying, yeah, Miles, the rain ends. You're like you're done, pal. And then they called it Elijah Vera Tucker. It was getting silly at one point. Luckily, he fell off there at the end. He couldn't gloat too much, but um. I mean, I get what they're doing. Trey Lance, um, I heard J.T. O'Sullivan say he offers the most upside of any quarterback in this class. I don't necessarily disagree. I wouldn't disagree with that. If he hits, I mean, he's got, he's the most, he, well, actually, I don't know if he's the most athletic because I don't know what he ran compared to Fields. Um, 
But I mean, he's still like a big body. Like he's, he's at, bigger than Field. Yeah. Is he bigger? Yeah. So I mean, he's athletic. He's, like six, he's five, fast. He has a cannon. Like, and he's the youngest. So like, he, he does have the most upside. I won't disagree with that. I um, very much would agree with that. Lance was never clocked in a forty-yard dash at his pro day. Okay. Um, it had him running. He, he was measured in a 2019 game. Um, his top speed was 22 miles an hour. So pretty that, quick. That dude can move. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't he, disagree. He had that. offers to play like safety and linebacker in D1. He just wanted to play quarterback. Yeah, like he is a very talented guy. And so I don't. Um, I definitely don't disagree with JTL Sullivan saying that he has the biggest boomer boss potential. Um, and I don't really, I don't really the for, I don't really blame the 49ers going there. Like. Mac Jones was kind of more of what Jimmy Garoppolo was, but only um, hopefully healthier, like more durable. And if they're looking for more of a, a boomer bust play in that offense, Trey Lance is your guy. Like for some reason, they didn't like Fields. I'm not sure why. Lombardi never really elaborated on it, um, but he told us early on it, it will not be Fields going through. Like I can promise you that. And he was 100% right. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I, I can't really think why. Like Fields seems to be the nice middle ground of Lance and Mac Jones, but the 49ers never. I guess never considered him really. And so it was Lance. I like the pick personally. Um, even though I expected Mac Jones there, I think Lance will be good. Um, in the NFL and in and San Francisco, like I was not, uh, I did not have Trey Lance on my overrated players list as you and Miles did. Instead, I had Mac Jones on my over, <laughs> overrated players list. So that was, that's a tough pill to swallow, but I'm full on the Mac train now. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I, th- I think he'll be good in San Fran. I think he's working with a uh, talented offensive mind and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and there's some weapons around there, like George Kittle can help ease him into the offense. Yeah, I mean, they have George Kittle, Curtis, uh, no, not Curtis Samuel, um, Debo Samuel. Debo, yeah. Ayuk, a great running back room. Like, in the in that running back room, added Trey Sermon, who was, a, I think, a very underrated running back coming in. Like, I thought he played really well down the stretch of the college football playoff and the college football season. Um, I think his Big Ten championship game was, like, like I think he set a record for how many yards he ran for. Like he absolutely demolished what I want to say was a good Northwestern defense, if I remember correctly. Um, and so, so like I like that pick. I think that was a really good pick, um, especially value wise. Like fourth round, like that's when you hit on some of these running backs that you know, like people don't value the running back position because, like you've said, they break down. They don't make it to their second contract that often. So like getting a guy in the fourth round that's going to help you, like in a in a and that's the team that's going to have longevity in their running back position because they are such a committee. Like between Mostert, do they, if they still have Trevin Coleman, Derek, now you've got Trey Sermon, um, Jeff Wilson was good last year. Like you've got a lot of bodies to just throw and a lot of bodies to give carries to. And I think that's how you kind of keep longevity in your running back room by keeping them all fresh. And that's been, um, and we, we can speak to that here as, as Patriots fans. I mean, that's been Belichick's MO for years. It's always running back by committee. Um, yeah. And speaking of fourth round running backs, I don't want to de- de- derail too much, but Ramondre Stevenson seems like it'll be another another thing like that where it's going to be Damon Harris, Ramondre, Ste- Ramondre Stevenson, James White, JJ Taylor, uh, Sony Michelle. Like they're all, they're all in it for they're all in it for carries. Like that seems to be the go to. Like so that's why, even though, um, like even though personally I was excited about the Sony Michelle pick a few years ago just because it added some spice to the offense. It is not a good idea to take running backs in the first round unless they're like. Absolutely generational. Yeah, they have to be generational talents for it to be worth it. I do yeah. want to circle back to the whole Mike Lombardi thing and like being so sure it was going to be Mac and then it wasn't Mac. Um, I know you all, I think it was you that sent it to us in our group chat about like the Jason McIntyre tweet and the quotes yeah. about how he was like, I'm not buying that it was Trey Lance all along. Anyone you talk to in the NFL that has sources, they aren't buying that either. San Francisco could say it was Trey all along, but that's a crock of crap. They traded up to get Mac Jones and the outside pressure became really bad. Do you believe that? I don't know. I saw people dismissing it immediately like, no, NFL teams do not get swayed by outside pressure, and I disagree. Um, like, I don't... I don't. If it's fake, that's not the reason I say it's fake. Like, um, I think there's a lot... There's a lot that goes into taking a quarterback. It is it is the most important position in sports, and with so many highly, highly touted guys at the top of this class, like you really couldn't go too wrong with any of the selections at, at three. Fields, Jones, or Lance, it all would have been understandable. I think Jones was the most... And hence the outside pressure. I think he was the most um the ones the one 49ers fans didn't want the most there is the easier way to put it. Um I, mean, I, I think he's upside, the one quote unquote he, and the least exciting. He's the one that like I think makes the least amount of sense just from an upside standpoint. Like I will acknowledge mm-hmm. that while I liked I like Mac Jones as a quarterback more than I like Trey Lance 
for a variety of reasons. Mac Jones doesn't have the upside Trey Lance does. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend he does. And so the fact that they traded, what, three firsts yeah. to get up there, like whether it was like including this year and then like two future firsts, like they spent a boatload to get to number three. And so to take the high floor guy, like I get that. Like I get where that pressure would come from. Like that's the most disappointing, least sexy trade up for a quarterback pick you could make. No, I, I agree. Um, and that's part of why I, be, I semi believe the outside pressure. Like you can't you can't sell the entire franchise and then hitch it to Mac Jones. Like not that Mac Jones is bad, but there is a lot that goes into being an NFL franchise. And whether you like to admit it or not, a lot of it is commercial based. You need to be able to sell jerseys, sell the face of the franchise. Um, and Trey Lance has the opportunity to be that. Trey, like you said, Mac Jones is not as sexy as a pick as Trey Lance. And so if they felt similar about both guys, like if they were like, oh, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, we basically have them 1A, 1B, but we think we're going to lean Mac Jones here. And then the fan base <laughs> revolted um, and they were killed on social media. I don't doubt that they were like, all right, maybe Trey Lance is the pick here. He offers more boomer bust offside. Um, and we can kind of get everyone off our back. And so I don't disagree uh, or immediately say that that, uh, that report is fake. I don't really, I don't really have much of an opinion on it because I don't know how to feel about it. I just don't think that it's inherently fake. I don't know. It's certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting. Um, I don't know if I believe it. I don't. It's it's tough, right? Like you hear so much noise about players and stuff and like who people like, but then it can be smoke screens. Like going back to New England, like. All of, like there was a moment there where they were the betting favorites to draft Justin Fields. And then mm-hmm. now after the draft, we're hearing from beat writers like, oh, you know, they never really liked Fields. Lombardi said they never liked Fields for a while. Um, and so it was yeah, a smokescreen. Was the entire it, that was a smokescreen. Whereas or well, we believe it was a smokescreen now. That's what's being reported. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, it could be a spin zone. Who knows? Um, and it could be the same thing with Trey Lance. Like the same thing could be like, you know, it got out. They liked Mac Jones a lot. And then. Maybe it got. Maybe they ran with it. Maybe the media ran with it. Maybe they really wanted to take Mac Jones, and they changed their mind last minute. And now the spin zone is, oh, it was a smokescreen. We never wanted Mac Jones. And like, who who really knows? I think it'll be extremely interesting to see how all these quarterbacks develop and how they go. Because like, with such a top heavy quarterback class, I think like these guys are going to be linked for so long, like their entire oh, no. careers. Yeah, like absolutely. Like Lawrence to Wilson to Fields to Lance to Jones, like they're all going to be like the quarterback class of twenty to twenty twenty one quarterback class, and like, what do they do? Who made the right pick? Did the Bears make the right pick by trading up? Did the did, did the Niners take the right guy? Did the Jets take the right guy? I think the only one, the only ones I think that are actually like have the least amount of pressure to get it right is the Jaguars, mm-hmm. because. It was Lawrence all along. It was always Lawrence. Like, no one was going to say, don't take Trevor Lawrence. So, I think they're the only ones that, like, if Lawrence turns out to be a bust, like, I think most people in hindsight will be like, well, no one no one said not to take him, so. Yeah, it's like shit happens. Like, sometimes guys just don't pan out. It's not like they took a, it's not like they went off the board, we know, we believe in Trevor Lawrence after, like, no one else did. Like, no, he's he's been the consensus yeah. number one pick since he was a fucking sophomore in high school. Like, he's he's been that good for that long. Um, yeah, I like, also think that, um... The Patriots stand a little less to lose in this quarterback controversy. I disagree. I think really? um, I think if Fields turns out to be really good, I think See, they need. I think I think then you get into the argument of, damn, Fields fell to eleven. Like you should have just traded up to get Justin Fields. See, I was thinking that, but, um, like it comes to a point where like people start to just believe in Belichick a shit ton, which I do, um, and they're gonna be like, well, fifteen. You stood there. You didn't trade any draft capital. Mac Jones was was the the Patriots type player all along. Like it just seemed like the right pick. And w- like personally, like you know, I wanted Justin Fields a lot. Like I almost had like a yeah. I mean, I mean, speaking I, of Fields, with the 11th pick, there it is in the 2021 NFL Draft. The my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. That and then hurt so much. Darkness, my old friend. That hurts so much. It did. But then obviously he's going to be forever linked, as I'm saying, with... In the 2021 NFL Draft, the six-time world champion New England Patriots select Mac Jones. So, I I understand what you're saying, but I regardless of how much 
people are going to say, like, believe in Bill, believe in Belichick. Like, if in five years Mac Jones has been nothing but, like, a mediocre quarterback or a backup and Justin Fields has made, like, two Pro Bowls and is, like, the next, like, great next great quarterback in the AFC North um, and, like, maybe poten- potentially wrestles the power of that division to the Chicago Bears from Green Bay, I think you very much then will look back on this draft and say, God damn it, Bill, he was sitting there at 11. You just had to trade up. You just had to bite the bullet, get your quarterback, and you were out here wanting the wrong guy. And I think that right there will show, like, no, like, that's that's the guy. I mean, I stand by it. That's the guy I wanted. I think they should have made that move. Um, I guess, yeah, if you want to talk about capital, we don't know what it would have cost to move up because you're asking the... Who did they trade up with? The Giants? Yeah, you're asking the Giants to move from 11 to 15 instead of 11 to like 22. Who was t- who was 10? 10 was the Dallas Cowboys. So there was talk. I read somewhere and they from traded and they Reese. traded back to 12. Yeah, so there was talk. I don't I forget if it was Mike Reese, maybe Jeff Howe. One of the one of the more well connected beat reporters said um, there was reason to believe the Patriots could have traded 15 and their their first second rounder or their only second rounder, I guess, um, to get up to 12 or I mean to get up to 10. And so, if that's the case, then whereas I the, think whereas the Giants they moved down to 20. Yeah. So like the cost there, like there's an extra five picks in the first round that you're losing in a position. So like it inherently should have cost you less to get to to 11 than it cost the Bears because you're giving a better first to start. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there was rumors and reports all along that like the Cowboys were a team that we were talking to. Same with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So and like, so those deals if, were talked about. They were apparently if, if, worked out if they needed to be. If I was gonna say if if Fields turns out to be the next superstar, then yeah, I agree. Um, you look at you look at what if you know Bill Kuntry just bit yeah bitten the bullet, traded fifteen and forty whatever the hell it was forty six I think. Um, it moves you up five spots and you get your quarterback of the future. Um, also again, I was very dejected <laughs> for like maybe the rest of the night, um, wrestling with whether I, I liked Mac Jones or not. I'm settled on the, the I like stressed. Mac Jones. I li- I'm settled on the I like Mac Jones, um, train now. Like I'm, I'm full on, on Mac 10. I'm trying to push that nickname on Twitter. Um, seems pretty badass to me, but there's still, I watched, uh, I watched some GTO Sullivan, um, tape yesterday on fields against Clemson. In the semifinals of the college football playoffs, oh my god, dude is a baller. Oh my god, dude, he was <laughs> JT Sullivan. For what it's worth, um, I mean, we think highly of him around here. Joe does especially. It's true. He had him. He had him at the first above Lawrence. Like he has him number one in this class. He's like, I think he's the best blend of talent, um, toughness, like the whole nine that you need out of a quarterback. That's that's Fields. And so, watching that game against Clemson, it's like, fuck. You better hope Mac Jones is good, man, because this kid's probably gonna be really nasty. Um, for what it's worth, I think Mac Jones will be fine. I've watched, I've watched a lot of tape, um, since then. And I, I feel pretty confident that he's more than fine at 15. And what, what I also like, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Mac at 15 is, I mean, if you told me before all of the, like the smokescreen fire whirlwind of, you know, the Patriots are, they might really like Justin Fields. They, they, they've potentially made calls to get to number four and then they've made calls to get to to get to eight with the Panthers or maybe 10 with Dallas and like all this smoke about, holy shit, are they going to actually do it? Are they going to trade up? Like yeah, that, that kind of skewed us. I think when we first talked kind of maybe a month or so ago about the quarterbacks. And I think this episode, this was when our, one of our microphones got disconnected. So we had to like can this part of the episode. I think we were talking about the NBA and then like we got to quarterbacks, like, I, if you told me like two months ago, we got Mac Jones at 15, I would have been fine with it. Like, cause I like Mac Jones. I generally genuinely like Mac Jones. It's just, if you're asking my honest opinion, Justin Fields was quarterback two way in this draft class. And like, you should have gone and gotten him. Like, I think that was the better move. I don't disagree. Um, but to try to, to try to talk myself into it a little bit more, which I don't really even like, I don't want to make it seem like I have to talk myself into it that much because again, after watching film and reading some, some people that are smarter than I, um, like it is, it is a genuinely good pick. Um, and I think what, what 
kind of caused me some heartache at the time, but then has been flipped into making it like a smart take, is that people were so mad at Mac Jones at three. And I took that as like, oh my God, Mac Jones sucks. And it's like, no, Mac Jones doesn't suck. It's just, we know what Mac Jones is. Like he's a, he's a very accurate, very smart quarterback who is not a great athlete and doesn't have a booming arm. Um, that does not make him bad by any means. He's just not one of these Mahomes, Fields, Josh Allen type quarterbacks where like they can do a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and so when I saw people like, oh my God, the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones at three. I immediately thought, oh, this dude's a fucking bum. And like, I let the takes get the best of me. But when you really think of it, that just comes from the fact of, are you selling the, the farm for Mac Jones? Like you're giving up three firsts for Mac Jones. You got, you got to try to hit higher there. So Mac Jones at 15 is a very, very good pick. Mac Jones at three, while I think it would have been an okay pick and like a smart pick for Shanahan's offense, 100% understand why it would have been like uh, m- mutilated on Twitter. I'm trying to find a good word there to describe how bad it would have been killed. Um, like, I understand that. Like, that, that's giving up a lot for a guy who does not have the highest of ceilings in this class. Um, so it's just, it's a differentiator of cost. That's all. Like, I think, yeah, staying at 15 and taking Jones, you didn't have to give up anything. You didn't spend a single draft piece of draft capital for him, and he fell right in your laps, and he's still a damn good quarterback. And so yeah, and I think he's great at 15. It's also interesting to hear that... Um the rumblings that the Saints were trying to trade up to get to Mac Jones. Um, and then now, like, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, if if Shanahan liked him, because that, regardless of, I mean, well, the the reporting, most of that I feel like is coming, still coming from Lombardi, um, is that regardless of that they took Trey Lance, like, the, the smoke around Mac Jones was real, like, they did really like him still. And so if they liked him, Bill and McDaniels likes him, and now Sean Payton wanted him, like, why aren't we talking about Mac Jones as a better quarterback? And don't get me wrong. My whole thing with Mac Jones has always been, like, I think Mac Jones was severely underrated in this draft class because of the fact that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, I mean, I disagree about Trey Lance, but because Trey Lance and Zach Wilson also existed in this draft class. Like, I think if you go back to, I think if you go back to the Jared Goff draft class, I think Mac Jones goes number one. I don't... Uh, I, I don't think I disagree. I think him and Goff have, I think he goes at least two. Like, I think he definitely goes over Wentz. I put it there. Like, my thing is that, like, Mac Jones, basically, I, I don't know for sure off the numbers off the top of my head, but, like, him and Burrow are the only two guys to ever have seasons like this. Yeah, he's he's one of the best of all time. Like, it's, he season. had the, literally the most, one of the most efficient seasons in college football history. I think but, it's the like he had the it might highest have been the most percentage. I think he did have the highest passer rating and the highest completion percentage. Yeah. And so, so if like, you want to if you want to put it like that, he had the most efficient season ever. Yeah. And so like he's a PFF darling where like they loved everything he did. Um it's just like we're comparing him to the high end arm talent that existed at the top of this draft class, which don't get me wrong, I will not disagree that they all have better arm talent than he does. Yeah. But he still was extremely efficient, extremely productive, and extremely cerebral in a system that Belichick obviously trusts. So I think realistically speaking, like I think he goes very high in almost every other draft class. Like Joe Burrow doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Yeah, he's he's more he's more on Mac Jones's arm type, not I, as I honestly to like think people people make are making comparisons. And this is the thing is like I think people make comparisons and like everyone loves a comparison, but it's always hard to track, like to try to extrapolate like what you think they will be. Whereas I think it's easier to compare them to a recent prospect. Cause I think it's like, like I just think it makes more sense. Like Mac Jones's comp is like a, is a less athletic Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like, I don't think their arms are that different. If you, if you put a gun to my head, I really don't know who I'd say has a stronger arm. I think they're almost like dead even. Maybe even. I think I'd give it to. Honestly, I think I'd give it to Mac Jones. Like I really don't know. But it's it's so close. Like it's not like Joe Burrow has, um, a Trey Lance arm where he's he's bombing seventy yards on the field off his back foot or like Zach Wilson stuff like that. Like no, it was he was making the right reads and he was extremely accurate, and produced like a bandwagon. Like he had like an incredibly productive year, an efficient year. I think Burrow's edge is he 100% is more athletic. He's not super athletic, but he is more athletic. Yeah. 
he can move easier. Um, I think also another thing that's been getting on my nerves that I, I kind of brushed off first as like fact, whereas now I'm going back and looking at it. People are like, um, Mac Jones was made by his supporting cast at Alabama, you know, and whether that's just players on the field or coaching staff, whatever, it's like, I don't disagree that he had an excellent, excellent cast around him. I think it's also been a little overblown too. Like there's that picture floating around of Twitter or on Twitter of Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. That picture and is so annoying because everyone is ignoring the fact that bar, the, uh, his efficient Jones year, didn't play with them. Jones didn't play with all of them. <laughs> he played with one of them for most of the year. Yeah, like Ruggs and Judy were in the NFL, and Waddle snapped his leg in like week three or six or whatever it was. Like, yeah, we talked about it on here because there was the big there was a sound bite because he broke his ankle on like a punt return or something. And Saban shit on him for it. Yeah, like, and Saban Saban was like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to return that. It's, you hate to see it with a player of his caliber. And it was like, dude, what are you saying? Advantage Debo Debo Sweeney, like yeah, Debo Sweeney, like damn. It, and so. That annoys me. Yes, Devontae Smith had one of the best wide receiver seasons ever. Was it maybe it was even the best? Like I don't, I don't know the exact numbers on it, but it was like one of the best ever. Um, won the Heisman, was absolutely dominant. Hundred percent get it. Do not want to make it seem like Joe Burrow was throwing to me and you out there. Mac Jones. I mean, not Joe Burrow. Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like Mac Jones but, is throwing to me and you out there. But then you look at Mac Jones, or not Mac Jones. He's got me all screwed up. You look at Joe Burrow. He also threw to talent. Burrow had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall Jr., um, and. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He also had uh the Thad Moss. Well, I mean, Thad Moss was undrafted he, and isn't he, even. He on wasn't the great, right but now, he was but... a he was a usable um college tight end. Like it wasn't like he was some scrub. He did he did end up on an NFL team next year. Yeah. The, but the like next year. you look at Burrow and he had two first round wide receivers, a second round wide receiver, a first round running back, and that offensive line was really good. I don't know where they all got drafted, to be honest with you. I don't know. Didn't he have um who was the offensive coordinator? Was that Joe Brady? It was Joe Brady. He had yeah. the gener- the the next the next generational offensive I mean, what, mind. What are we fucking doing here? It's like 100. And I, you did hear these things about Joe Burrow too, but it wasn't as but, loud as the Mac Jones thing. Right. It was like if you're gonna if you're gonna f- make come up with a con for Joe Burrow, that was well. I guess this is the con. Whereas with with Mac Jones, it was always well. That's the this only why he reason he, he that's why he was good. Not yeah. a, if you're gonna have a conversation. Like I guess this could be an issue. I would argue that Mac Jones had a less talented cast this year than Joe Burrow did last year. I don't know if you disagree with that or not, but like thinking about what he actually had available to him this year, Jalen Waddle did not play most of the year, and he was completely non-existent when he came back in the uh, championship game because that ankle was—I mean, he was like legitimately scary watching him run. He was, yeah, he, he was like, like running like with a giant gate. Sure. It was really weird. Um, Najee Harris might be better than Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but in terms of like passing game. Uh, I think Clyde would tell uh, more. I'm going to say Najee's better. Just Najee's a better running back. I'm saying out of the, the back for the catcher. Still personally, I think that. You think so? Yes. Okay. Well, if we, if we, we have, can agree to Najee disagree Harris there, I would say it's close, but I think Najee's a better running back overall. Overall, I definitely, like overall, and I, I, definitely I also agree. think Najee is just better. I think Najee's a better hands, better. He's got more size. Like, I think he's just better. Okay. Um, um, but even then, like if you move, if you move to the, the, the wide receiver portion of it, which, I think he's more important than running backs. Yeah, because um, then it's like, okay, you you have Burrow had Jamar Chase, who was the consensus number one receiver this year. Yeah, and he and he went higher than Devonta Smith did. Right. He also went higher than Jalen Waddle. He had he Justin also, Jefferson. He also went higher than if we're gonna play this out for last year too, for the year before. He also went higher than Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs did. Yes, like I think he's. I think he is. I don't want to say easily, but I think it wouldn't be a hot take to say he's the best wide receiver out of that grouping, like out of those. four five, six guys, whatever that grouping is. Um, but Burrow was throwing to him. We're throwing to Justin Jefferson, who just set a rookie receiving record, I think, um, in the Terrence NFL. Terrence Marshall Jr. went in the second round. Yeah, like, he he had him, too. Like, it, it wasn't like... Like, Joe Burrow had an excellent caster on him, too. Like, almost to the point where I would argue that it might be better than what Mac Jones had in the championship game himself, or, like, the lead-up to it. Because down there, I mean, he had John Metzi Jr., or the second, whatever that is, uh... He had Devonta Smith, and then he had Jalen Waddle a parts of the year. Like, again, absolutely insane, talented cast. Get it. But it wasn't like he's the only dude to ever have that um, in NCAA football history. Like, I don't I don't know why he's being overblown so much. Um, it might just be the Alabama thing. Like, people don't really love Alabama prospects sometimes. Like, they win so much. Um, and Mac Jones is kind of like, a, he can be a hateable guy at times because of the DUI and, like, the, uh, the fat dad bod picture, like, stuff like that. Like, that is funny. Um, but I just think it's been overblown. Like that, that picture going around Twitter pisses me off. 
Ruggs was not there. Judy was not there. And Jalen Waddle has been hurt for two thirds of the year. Like he had Devonta Smith to throw to not those four together. And it's like, Oh, everyone's wondering why Mac Jones is a first rounder. He was throwing to these four guys. That's just not true. Like just simply not true. Um, so I don't know. Again, don't want to make it seem like Mac Jones was not throwing to a good cast by any means, but he, he, um, he, it wasn't, it wasn't like he had less of a talented cast or more of a talented cast either way than Joe Burrow. Like I think they're in the same kind of boat there, but people didn't make a big, a big deal out of it with Joe Burrow. Agreed. hundred percent agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall I like the pick. I don't want to harp on it too much, but I just think like, like the, the slander and the, the outrage I think is stupid. I just think that's dumb. Like, do I, did I want Justin Fields? Yes, I've been very consistent in that. <laughs> but yeah. Mac Jones is still a good prospect. Plus, yeah, like I'm not going to switch that. Plus, like, dude stops eating Big Macs, and maybe he has a stronger arm. Like, maybe you say, get maybe, him in an NFL weight room for a year, and maybe he, maybe you know, gets a little bit of a glow up. I would say maybe he doesn't. He doesn't have Bud Light and Taco Bell for dinner on on Tuesday night, and you know, he might be. He's in. I mean, he would definitely be in better shape. I expect him to show up to Patriots training camp in better shape, and even if he doesn't. I think he will be whipped into shape rather quickly by running those hills, the like the famous behind Gillette Stadium hills in the practice fields um, that everyone talks about. Like I don't, I don't think he will be. It's like really hard to be out of shape in New England. Like they almost make sure you cannot be out of shape. And so, um, I, I, I've obviously been talking to you about that. I don't know if that'll improve his arm strength. I talked to Bryson about it on Twitter, and he was like, "I'm not sure how much," because I, I brought up um getting him on an NFL strength regimen and like a lifting plan. And he's like, "I've seen." Uh, Mac Jones lifting he's like crazy strong he has no problem lifting and so maybe I don't know how much he gets out of arm strength from lifting but it literally cannot hurt to get in shape like the guy is right now he's built like me and he's he's carving up uh D1 offenses or D1 defenses for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns like I would, I would say I would say just from my very basic understanding of biomechanics um like him getting in better shape should still help because just from a baseline level, even if his arm and shoulder and rotator cuff like doesn't get any stronger, but his core does, like his core and his that balance help, yeah. and his ability to create torque with his hips and his like lower body should improve, and that alone should at least improve some of the velocity. I saw someone say he can add like three to five miles per hour on his on his fastball, quote unquote, which I think would be perfect. Like he. He doesn't have a weak arm. I don't know where the the noodle arm thing is coming from. Again, it's not. It's just a comparison thing. But people people don't people people like to people are comparing it to yes, like they're comparing it to oh, look at what Zach Wilson can do. Look at what Trey Lance can do. Look at what Fields can do. Look at what Lawrence can do. And it's like yes, they all have stronger arms. That's fine, but that doesn't mean that Mac Wilson can't play quarterback. Mac Jones. Jones. No, hundred percent agree. Um. I do, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to stick on Mac Jones too long, because then we just we'll just be too we'll just, pa- yeah. salty Patriots fans ranting about it. So, but, um, so I we do. I do want to circle back to call picks I really didn't like, and I just I cannot get over. And I get it. I get it. You're appeasing Joe Burrow, but I cannot get over Jamar Chase. Yeah, we we talked about this on stream Ugh, that night. Just like you would, take, you Lucian, I think Miles too were like, dude, just go Panay so well here. And I was like, no, they're going. Like, I like, promise you, they're going. Chase. Like Miles, Miles got it right, but he was like, this isn't the right pick, but this is what they're going to do. Yeah, like take the generational talent to protect your quarterback. And like I know, every, I I read this once, and it was like, people were like, just because Joe Burrow blew out his knee doesn't mean, like, just because your franchise quarterback got hurt doesn't mean that taking the generational receiver isn't a, isn't a good pick. And it's like. No, but the fact that he was, it's not that he got hurt once and you think like, it's not like it'd be different if like the sack numbers weren't gaudy and then it was like one freak sack is what tore his ACL. It's like, no, the dude was on his back the entire year. He was always under duress. Like he was always, 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 always getting sacked. So, um, so that pick I didn't like. I love that the Chargers were smarter and they went and got Rashawn Slater at 13 because holy hell, that is a beast of a dude. Lucian brought it up. I didn't even know this. He didn't let up any sacks against Ch- uh, Chase Young when they played. Yeah. Which is like, okay, well, Chase Young was the generational talent last year coming out. So, like, the dude is, that dude is a legit offensive lineman. And now you ha- and you're, you get so much better quarterback play from your young quarterback when they are protected. Like I love, I, I love that pick for them. I would say I also loved the Sean Slater pick. Like keep keep Justin Herbert upright. Exactly. Um, 
make sure he has a long career. I didn't hate... I, I actually liked Jamar Chase's pick. Um, I said it to everyone on stream. I said it to you guys. I was like, I actually support this pick here because I thought they would then target um, a sec, uh, another a tackle or an offensive lineman higher in the draft that was highly ranked. And they did end up taking a tackle, but they took some dude I think who rejects as a guard from Clemson. Um, yeah, I'm they took... To, um, I'm they trying took, to find it. Uh, Jackson Carmen. Yeah, and so... They had Tevin Jenkins still still there if they wanted to go get him at the top of the second round. Yeah, now he draft analysis on ESPN. Carmen has short arms and adequate mobility for an offensive tackle where he where he lined up for college. That said, there's a lot to like about his upside at guard. He has the size and strength to develop into a strong run blocker, plus he's agile and long enough to develop into an effective pass blocker on the inside. And so maybe this is me just not just looking into the like the quick and dirty like Burrow got sacked a lot, take the generational offensive lineman. Whereas maybe it was like, well, no, like we have tackles. We just, we need, we need interior offensive line play. And if that's the case and this guy's going to be a really good interior lineman, then like, well, maybe you made the right pick there. Maybe that's fine. But like, it's so hard to just pass up on like generational talent at offensive line when like that was such a major need. Even like, even not even generational talent, like which Panisawell is like, I get not again, like I was saying, I get not going there. If you're going to try to appease bar with, with uh, Jamar Chase. Tevin Jenkins was at 39, or um, Tevin Jenkins was there at 38 when they traded out with us, with the Patriots, for Christian Barmore. Just stay at that pick and take Tevin Jenkins. He was like the third best tackle in the class. And then, okay, fine, you don't go there. Liam Eichenberg went to the Dolphins uh, at 42. Like, there were a lot of high-end tackles in this class that they could have won even after Rashawn Slater and Panay Sowell were off the board, and they just didn't do it. They went with the guard. And so, yeah, again... If the if guard is like I don't watch Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, the, if guard is their need, then it's their need. But it seemed like tackle was it, the it, bigger need here. It their team needs say that they needed both tackle and guard, and it they really only drafted. I mean, they drafted a bunch of tackles, like because they did they did take an LSU. They took not you know they took one other tackle. Sorry, they took a East Carolina tackle later on too in the fourth. But like now you're just you're taking shots in the dark at these guys at that point. Like anything after a third rounder, I feel like is such a risk. Yeah. So that to me, I don't know. It's I don't think they had a good draft. I like the Chargers draft. Um the Eagles going and getting Devonta Smith, I thought was a really good pick. Agreed. And then they also then shored up they also got one of the better centers in the class out of Landon Dickerson. Um so like I actually really liked the Eagles draft. I thought they did a good job. Um, I was I was a fan of Atlanta's um Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts. I don't think it was like a revolutionary pick. Like I don't think it was like, oh my god, the Falcons went Kyle Pitts, but it's like Kyle Pitts legitimately might have been the biggest freak in this class. Yeah, um, I mean, Kyle Pitts is literally, like, ranked, like, the second best player in this draft. Yeah, and so I heard, again, I was watching J.T.L. Sullivan yesterday. Um, I think I was watching his post-draft stream, and he was like, how I put it is, if Kyle Pitts can walk into a room in a huddle full of freaks in the NFL and be the biggest freak in a room full of freaks, it's like, that means, that, that is absolutely crazy, and I think he is. Like, I think he walks into... Atlanta, and he's right next to Julio Jones, like the biggest freak in the huddle, and like in a good way. Like them taking him, I think is great. I think they still have to get a quarterback. Maybe they go there next year. Um, Matt Ryan is obviously not the future there. Like he's getting older. He's on the back nine. No, but um, it does sound like it nicely. the coach. What did the coach say? The coach said something like, "If they hired me, if they wanted to hire me to be part of a rebuild, they hired the wrong guy." Who's the Who's the coach they hired? Oh, uh, Arthur Arthur Smith. That, yeah, that sounds that sounds. Is correct. that his name? I have, I'll look it up now. But he basically was like, "I'm they not want to here to compete this year. I am not here to be a rebuilder. Like I am here to compete with uh, Matt Ryan." Is basically what he's. Yeah, Arthur Smith. That's basically yeah. Falcons hired. Yeah, it's the headline when you Google him is like Falcons hired the wrong dude if they want to rebuild. Like he's uh, he's literally here saying like I am here to win football games now. Like that is not why they did not bring me in to run a rebuild. They brought me in to compete this year with Matt Ryan. We went out and got Matt Ryan, a generational offensive talent, to pair with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, like, and they did not exercise Hayden Hurts, Hayden Hurst's fifth year option. So yeah. they're clearly moving on there. Um, it sounds like they're excited to have Kyle Pitts play that hybrid tight end wide receiver role, and you know be in line on some plays and probably out wide or in the slot and others. So I, I mean, I love that offense. I think that offense is going to be absolutely f- like freak of nature to watch like that's going to be such a fun offense to watch agreed um i also liked the lions taking panay well at seven um, that was the smart move like i can't believe the lions made a smart move i would say the lions making a smart move especially with dan campbell at the helm um 
And he, I mean, he said it when he got hired. They plan on building from the trenches out. You know, they they want to be a tough team who they'll get, as he put it, punched in the face, and then on the way up from the ground, they'll bite your kneecaps off, and then they'll get up. Like the guy, I mean, the guy's a fucking weirdo, but he um, is a weirdo. Yes, like they they stuck to they stuck to their their guns. Um, and I, I mean, it's again not like it was a revolutionary pick taking the best tackle in the draft as he fell to you at seven when no one thought he'd be there past four or five, or like even six maybe if he if he fell past the Bengals and the Dolphins took him, but. You got you got to give the Lions credit; they didn't fuck it up, um, and they they have their tackle for future generations there. I hate to be a homer, I do, but I loved loved the Patriots draft. Um, I wish they had maybe exercised their the right to to choose a, a wide receiver a little sooner. But I also don't like the thought process of you have to take a wide receiver because you have to. Like it, it's a need, and it's like no. If if the value and the guy you don't like isn't or if the guy you like isn't there, then don't like don't just take a wide receiver to take a wide receiver. And they built if you look at their their draft, um, I just pulled it up. Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, who was as high as like um twenty or like higher on some boards, on some big boards. Like he was supposed to be a consensus first rounder, fell to the second round of the and Belichick traded up five picks to get him or whatever it was. Um and then Ronnie Perkins was supposed to be a second rounder, they got him in the third rounder. Ramondre Stevenson is um, a bruising back and helping the backfield again. Not not a crazy pick, but just no. But um, that's a that, that was them. I think drafting for, drafting for need because they're not they they didn't they didn't pick up Sony's fifth year. Yeah. Um. So I think that pick made sense. Cameron McGrone. I was actually I actually like this pick a lot. People I saw people saying he is what people think Micah Parsons is. Um, which I think might be a little strong as Micah Parsons hype for a long time. And I've only ever heard of Cameron McGrone when like tuning into Michigan games, like he didn't get a lot of draft coverage, but he was really well liked across the board. Like, uh, Kuiper had like a, th- a third or second round grade on him. Like he thought he'd go, uh, late day two, very early day three. Um, I think, I think Belichick rebuilding that linebacker core is great, especially if McGrone pans out. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because he's only twenty. Like for someone that he's crazy young, he either got bad intel when like his agent or hired was gonna like when they were trying to figure out if he should come out. Like either he got bad intel that he was gonna go earlier, um, or he just like was really ready to go to the NFL. Like I don't know what the story is there, but he's only twenty, and literally all the beat writers that I've seen talk about this pick is like, don't consider Cameron McGrone a twenty twenty one draft pick. Consider him part of your twenty twenty two draft class. Because yeah. he's only twenty, he won't play this year. But they're just gonna coach him up all year. And he's he supposedly has a chance to be an absolute beast. Yeah, like um, he's he's a very freak fast, athlete, very linebacker. It's just he's really raw. Yeah, and so I love that pick, um, Joshua. Bl- then you're getting down to like the last three, Joshua Bledsoe out of Missouri. Don't hate taking a safety slash. Um, they might play him down in like slot corner. I saw. Um, I don't hate taking that, but I don't, I'm not in love with that pick. Like I think their secondary is pretty pretty well shared up. I think it was just. Um, making sure you're adept there. Will Sherman, Belichick is always liable to take a tackler or a guard in a draft. I think it's smart. You always filter that in. I saw um, Jeff Schwartz, I think that's who it is, um, on Twitter from the NFL Network say, "Yeah, I just watched Colorado film. The Patriots have their tackle of the future. Um, apparently he's really high on Will Sherman. I'll take that with a grain of salt. Like, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna sit here. Yep, Belichick will, got Will Sherman. Like I know nothing about Will Sherman. Couldn't fucking tell you. No, but like I mean, I think like this alone right here. This pre-draft analysis on ESPN is like Sherman has enough length, size, and foot speed to develop into a valuable number three swing tackle who provides depth on both sides. He flashes the ability to generate push and has some upside as his own blocker. He gets set quickly and moves well, but his technique is inconsistent in pass protection. If his biggest knock is his technique and consistency, like that's their bread and butter. With yeah. tackles and guard and line, just in just offensive line play. And granted, they don't have Skarnecki anymore, but like he's taught that to a lot of the guys still there. Yeah, like that's they've hit on so many late line, like late late picks when it comes. All they to all they do is hit on tackles late, and guards late. in the middle middle late rounds. Yeah, I mean, like what do we like? Tooney was like a fourth. Mason was like a fifth. A fifth. Um, Andrews was undrafted. Andrews was undrafted. Isaiah uh, Wynn was was first round. Um, Isaiah Wynn was a first. Um. Trent, Trent Brown, Brown was a seven. Was a reclamation project that they got from the 49ers and turned him into one of the best tackles in the league. Then he had a down year with the Raiders. And now he's back. Yada yada. But like they just turn tackles and like tackles and guards, no matter where you're drafted or what your capability is, they turn you into a usable player. And so, I mean, hey, if they can take Will Sherman out of what sixth round and make him an even viable NFL player, absolute win of a pick. Yeah. Um, and then they go Trey Nixon uh, in round seven, pick 15, 242. Don't know anything about training. Apparently, he's a really good athlete. Um, 
just kind of inconsistent on the field in terms of like production. I don't know how much I trust him to really develop him or like what I think his ceiling will be. Probably nothing. Like he'll probably be practice squad fodder, but in the seventh round, you're just throwing darts at a dartboard. Like I don't, I don't really mind, but the first four rounds or so or five rounds were like a masterclass for the ages from Belichick. I think at least you get Barmore, Perkins, Mac Jones, Cameron McGraw and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Like the, my God, like finally he's, it seems like, again, you don't want to count your, your eggs before they hatch, your chickens before they hatch. But it seems like he might be hitting on draft picks again, finally, and the, and the Patriots might get an influx of young talent after they've been old um, and so heavily from free agent built for so long. Um, it seems like they might have an influx of, of homegrown talent coming in the next few years with Duggar, um, Wynn staying around, Damon Harris taking over, Mac Jones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I love I loved their I loved their draft. Usually I have a lot to say about the draft in like a negative way because I think Belichick sometimes sometimes tries to outsmart himself a la Jordan Richards or Tavon Austin or not Tavon Wilson like whatever um but I thought he had a great draft I thought they they shared up places they needed to share up and they got value at a lot of positions so a couple sneaky good um like I it hate, pains me to say this but I actually really like the Jets draft you think they got Zach Wilson at two they got Elijah Vera Tucker, who was the best guard in the class at 14. They got Elijah Moore in the second round. And then in the fourth round, they got Michael Carter, who undersized back, but is quick, can move, um, like can be a yards after, can be like a third down back. And then they got another Michael Carter at safety. Like, But then they started throwing darts at some safeties. Um, they drafted three safeties. But... Hamza Niz, I don't know how to say his last name from Florida State though. Like, he's he's got big size, and if I remember correctly, like coming into the year, I'm pretty sure he had a a much higher stock, and so like that could be a guy that fell because of a weird COVID year, and he played in the ACC. Um, you know, Florida State hasn't been good for a year or two, so he I think he had more buzz coming into this season. So like they threw some darts at some safeties. Like overall, like I thought that was a really good draft. Yeah, the, I I agree with that. Um, and then I also getting, thought the Dolphins I, had a good draft. Like I didn't think they did. I mean, I mean, it's also kind of telling when you know the value having because everyone I'm gonna everyone I'm saying right now is multiple first rounders. But like the Dolphins getting Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips. Uh, then they got Javon Hall in the safety out of Oregon. Then they got um, Eichenberg, the tackle out of Notre Dame. And then they got a t- the Hunter Long out of Boston College. Like. It was really kind of the first four picks I liked for Miami, but like still, like getting Waddle and then Jalen Phillips to play edge, like those are good, still good picks. The AFC East is going to be very good this year. Um, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Like I think a lot of teams are very much improved. I'm not sure if the Jets will make any noise, but I thought it was very smart to get Zach Wilson some protection immediately. Um, like the Bengals didn't do with Burrow. Um, the Jets than did with Wilson. Like, you can't, you cannot leave uh, a young rookie quarterback who's going to be admittedly raw maybe in his first year. Like, you cannot leave him stranded on an island uh, behind a, a bad offensive line. Like, you need to make sure you shore that up. And they, again, they went and got the best guard in the class. So I thought that was a smart pick as well. Now, the the Texans draft, while, while they were making picks, I was like, ooh, I like these players. And then as I read more, I was like, ooh, I don't it's like... Nick Casario. Well, it's interesting. So, like, I like Davis Mills as, like, as a project quarterback. And, like, in the third round, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And then Nico Collins in the third round. Like, I like that. I think that that's a good, I think it's a, it's good, it's a good spot for him to go. The problem, <laughs> the problem is those were their first two picks, and they had to trade up to get Nico. And so you took your first you your first two picks like yeah I guess you need a wide receiver but like you didn't need you didn't like need need a wide receiver because you still have Brandon Cooks but like you took a, a a raw wide receiver with your second pick in the draft your first pick which obviously these are all third rounders you took a quarterback and it's like you're four and 12 and you had a junk like a really good quarterback on the roster already and they, that, yeah, that must no mean one, they think nothing of Deshaun Watson anymore. Like, like they think he's no gone. one knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Like they're clearly preparing for him to be gone. Whether it's he gets cleared of all of the you know all of the charges on him right now, and he's gonna they're gonna trade him, or if he's not gonna be able to play because of it. Like clearly they're preparing for the future with a future without Deshaun Watson. But they didn't spend 
a pick on their defense until the fifth round. And that's when I'm like, oh, you you kind of blew this draft. It's Nick Casario. I'm telling you, we're, we're starting the Nick Casario slander immediately. I I don't I mean Nick Casario leaves and all of a sudden the Patriots land a bunch of free agents and have a, what we think is a good draft. And after hearing from, not, from some, not from us, but like hearing around Twitter from underground sources that Nick Casario is known for not being able to close free agent deals and like be able to secure guys coming in. Um because he was like he was ahead of like a lot of their free agent stuff. I'm just saying, hands up, I don't I'm just saying he goes to he goes to Houston and then they have a bad draft. I'm just saying. I mean, they were kind of behind the eight ball immediately with their first pick coming in the third yeah. round. But like, look, man, the game's the game. I, <laughs> you, I don't know what you want me to tell you. They, you know, you backed yourself into that that corner yourself, and so uh, uh, I might be starting the Nick Casario slander a little bit here. I don't even think a little bit. I think I'm full bore on Nick Casario slander. <laughs> just like I think Casario slander right away. Like I think I think we can get like a. That'd be like a, a recurring thing. Like anytime the Texans do something bad, I'm just going to like slander Nick Serif, even if he's not involved. Like after what, for, again, for some reason, Nick Serif leaves and the Patriots have like one of their best potential off seasons in years. Does that, does it have to do with uh, COVID money and like a lot of teams not having a lot of money, but they did? Sure. But the draft thing is surprising. Like usually the Patriots do not have flashy or great drafts. And yet the first year Nick Serif leaves, they have one of the top five drafts in in like in the league. They get Mac Jones, they get their future quarterback, they get a first round defensive tackle in the second round, and they get a second round defensive end in the third round, and then they get a possible a starting linebacker in the future, and then they get a bruising running back. Like they had a great draft and Casero was not a part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Another I draft I, I really liked. Um, I don't know what to infer for that. Or not really liked, sorry. Another draft that I was like thought was a bit of a head scratcher, uh the the Green Bay Packers. And obviously they're they were probably a little bit distracted with all the Aaron Rodgers stuff coming out. Which is a something to, something to watch, folks. A whole nother episode. That's a whole nother. We'll get to that at some point. But the whole the saga that is Rogers not wanting to come back and being peeved that they didn't accept the Niners' offer when that's where he wanted to go, and they were told that he was told that they were going to trade him. If you believe all the reporting, like that, that is a whole nother ball game. But yes, you took Eric Stokes in the first. You took a corner in the first in which you needed to take a corner at some point because clearly you need you like Eric Kevin King like is terrible. Kevin King cost you the NFC Championship game in a lot of people's eyes. Like he played terrible that game. I would argue he's not the only reason they lost cuz like you know when you have first and goal you should score touchdowns and they didn't. And so take that as you will for whoever you want to blame for those plays, but like that's part of the reason why they lost. They had three and outs after turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. But you you took the 10th best corner on a lot of people's boards in the first round. Yes, he's really fast, but he wasn't one of the top corners in the draft. Like he wasn't ranked ahead of like Asante Samuel Jr., who went in the second, or in a lot of people's eyes. Um, you took a center in the second round. In which, I'll be honest, like, yeah, Corey Lindsley left. So, like, you needed a center, but... You can find centers elsewhere. Like, you like, do not need to go center in the second round, I don't think, at least. I mean, may, I mean, maybe you felt you needed to, but, like, did you feel like you needed to because you didn't address it in free agency? And, like, I know your cap was in a tough spot, but, like, it's not a sexy pick if you're trying to convince Rodgers to stay. And then you don't go wide receiver until the third. And, like, I like Amari Rodgers. Like, I do. Like... He plays a little. Fa- he plays faster than his forty time, um, but he's like a gadgety type guy that can do a lot of different things. And like, I like Amari Rogers. Like, that's somebody I would have wanted in New England, and like, that's who I would have wanted them taking in like the third or fourth round as a wide receiver, depending on who was still available. But like, once again, you're just showing that you didn't like Rogers' issue. Like, part of his issue is like take a skill position player in the first round that's not a frigging quarterback, and you still wouldn't. You still won't do it. And it's like, no, your 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 quarterback shouldn't dictate who you pick when, in my opinion. And clearly it happens with, you know, Jamar Chase going fifth to the to the Bengals and like Jalen Waddell going sixth to Miami. And when both of those teams probably could have used Benaisa well more. Yeah. Like it clearly happens. But 
your rookie quarterbacks who have never made a Pro Bowl, have never won an MVP, like these are the guys you're going to let dictate your draft. And then when you have Aaron fucking Rodgers, who is... You don't get him anything. He was the best quarterback in football last year. Like, he is so good. Like, I thought he was on his decline, and then he did the same thing Brady did when they drafted Garoppolo and just took it to another level. Like It was a fuck you to Jordan Love. Exactly. And it's like, you're not going to invest in that guy. Like, at least the Patriots tried to get Brady a first-round wide receiver. They just failed. Yeah, Nikhil Harry just stinks. Yeah, like, at least they tried. Like, oh, oh my God. Like, I, I just... I get it, but like I get it that the defense matters and you need to build all your defense because like that's what caught like that was one of your weaker points in the in the NFC Championship game. But like, oh my God, just get the guy a wide receiver if you want to keep him. Like you're, he's gonna he's gonna sit out or he's gonna he's gonna leave. Like he's he does not want to stay. It seems like, and you're not helping your cause, especially when his beef supposedly stems from them releasing uh, Jeff Coomer or whatever his name is, a wide receiver he really likes. He say, he comes out publicly and says, I really like this guy. Like, I think he, he works well on the team. And then they cut him the next day. And that's where Roger's like, okay, I'm fucking done with you guys. Like, what are you yeah, doing it's like here? Yeah, they never drafted a first round <laughs> guy. They never, they then, then like, they drafted Jordan Love instead. And and so they, they've botched the, the Aaron Rodgers thing. We'll, we'll have that in like an ensuing episode sometime soon. Yeah, we'll um, do, we'll do some sort of like what the, what went wrong in Green Bay with, You've had Aaron Rodgers for what sixteen years, and you've made one Super Bowl. Something, something went off there. Yeah, like, like I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Denver. Denver seems like a, um, seems like a a likely scenario, which I think would be hysterical because, first off, Rodgers versus Mahomes two times a year would be great. Yeah, and it also would just continue to fake solidify. This whole John Elway being a good front office guy, so even though annoying. he's not, even though he's not technically in the front office anymore, but like he still kind of is, from what people say. And it's like you got Felgrim as like John Elway's the Don, like that guy knows what he's doing, and it's like, and then he takes Paxton Lynch, like he takes Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler, <laughs> like the dude cannot for being a great quarterback in the NFL, he cannot evaluate quarterbacks at all, and like the only success they've had has been them lucking into two Hall of Fame, would have been lucking into two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and the back end of their career, leaving the teams they started with. If, like, they get Rodgers and do well with Rodgers, and it's like, cool, you got Peyton Manning when the Colts punted on him and said, your next been been torched, we're going to take Andrew Luck. And then you have and Aaron Rodgers coming out of Green Aaron Bay. Rodgers forcing his way out of Green Bay. Just like, talk about like, falling congr- congratulations. Into, a good, into a good situation. Like congratulations if that's yeah, good, what what got you to success because it's clearly not your intrinsic ability to evaluate quarterbacks. Everyone knows these guys are good. Agreed. So, just I'm trying to think if there's any other picks. There wasn't really a lot of other like drafts I was like really wooed by. Um, I think I liked um, my at least my closing pick that I like. My closing thought is I liked Kellen Mond going to um, the Vikings in the third round. I thought that was good value, especially. Second, when, I think it was the second round. Let me double check. No, Add round three pick two. Really? Oh yeah. yeah like, oh yeah. I saw two. Overall. I flipped it. Um, I thought that was a good pick. I thought he might go to the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers went Trask, um, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, I don't know why. We'll I don't like Trask at all. But um, my closing part on it is just, I think that's a good pick. Um, you've heard a lot about Mond in recent weeks that he's starting to come up draft boards a little bit. Don't be surprised if he goes top half of the second round. You know, he's really talented. He's just a little robotic in his mechanics. He can sort it out. Um, has a lot of raw athleticism, stuff like that. And so, hey, they've kind of needed that. They haven't had a quarterback in a long time. Like, Kirk Cousins still isn't good. I refuse to admit that Kirk Cousins is good. Um, and before that, they had, like, Sam Ponder and, like, just bomb after bomb. And so, if they hit on Kelamon, I think that's good. Um, they start building a young nucleus there on offense. Um, so, I, I, liked, I liked that pick. It's just, it's funny um when you look at the breakdown of where quarterbacks went and it's like there's always that one team that randomly takes a quarterback in the second round that doesn't need to take a quarterback in the (laughs) second round because like quarterbacks either hit historically speaking and the data here shows it too they either go in the first like the top 10 quarterbacks they either go in the first or the third like if you're not taking them in the first because you think they're your franchise guy moving forward, then you're taking them in the third as a as a developmental project. But there's always that one team that's like, yeah, second round. Uh, we'll take them in the second. Like last year it was Jalen Hurts, 
This year it's Kyle Trask. And Garoppolo like I could, was one. Garoppolo went in the second, which was, I mean, Garoppolo, I think, was a little bit different, but also like still similar because they took him late second. And like I guess I guess like that's kind of the same thing with with the Bucks. Like it was the last pick of the second round. So like am I really arguing semantics here? Kind of, but it works for our take, so we're gonna use it. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's like these teams don't take quarterbacks. Like a lot of teams don't take a quarterback in the second round when they don't need one right away. And so yeah. like I just like always befuddled why these teams don't try to trade back a few picks. Like just I a guess few. So, I guess that's why we're not NFL GMs, we just don't get these types of things. I don't like. Like, I'm just curious. Like, why wouldn't you trade back? Like, if you're the if you're the Bucks, and maybe they tried, but like, why wouldn't you try to trade back a couple of picks? Just like, is there anyone that's willing to trade up to to, to the back end of the first to get somebody to be safe? And it's like, cool. Let us get one extra pick out of this, and we'll take Kyle Trask at the top of the third. Mm-hmm. And like, also this pick, I think I think I'll I'll dump a little more on t- Kyle Trask just because I don't like him. <laughs> like I think you're better off taking Davis Mills, Kellen Mond. Um, like I think those are the guys that make more sense. Jamie Newman. Well, first off, if we want to talk about Jamie Newman, I don't know how he was undrafted, but Ian Book went fourth in the fourth. Yeah. I don't. I don't get like, it. Jamie Newman is a much better quarterback prospect in my eyes. So again, I guess I guess that's why we're not NFL GMs. That has to be something. Or, I mean, maybe or maybe they're wrong. We'll see. Goals could be that one too. So. I don't know. That's just always one of the things I always find funny is like no one takes quarterbacks in the second round. It's like, why are you doing this? Like Jalen Hurts going in the second was weird because like literally the next quarterback didn't go for like another like 30 picks. Yeah, I know. Like these teams just don't like if you're not like the value is if you if they think if you if a team looks at you and says you are a future starter for our team, like you are a franchise guy for us, potentially you go in the first round. If you're if you're a developmental project, you go in the third. It's just the, how it works. The second is that weird middle ground. It's that weird middle ground of a team that's like, we don't we don't really want to wait until the third to get one. We want to get our we want to get the next guy we like, but it's like also you're not getting your guy because you're taking them in the back end of this. You're taking them in the second round, so like clearly the guys you like better are already gone. Because if you liked them enough, you would have taken them in the first. Yeah, you would have went right away. So it's just silly. I just think it's silly. I don't disagree. All right, with that, do you have any other closing thoughts? I don't believe so. Um, I will say happy Mother's Day to Yes, happy happy early Mother's Day. We will not have an episode out Sunday. We'll be spending yes, Mother's Day mo- with our mothers. Most, most likely we will not be recording Sunday. So that's why we made sure to get one out this week. Um yeah, like maybe maybe we'll be able to do another remote one beforehand, um, before next week, or maybe or maybe Zach can drive over to the uh, the HQ at some point next week. We'll see. Also also a possibility. Yeah, we'll Just see. Keep using our new equipment. Oh yeah. We're uh, we're loving it over here. Wait, you sound great on this uh, on this new XLR. Oh, we love it. Yeah. All right, guys, All right. stay safe. See you, everybody.